Hello, and welcome to episode 43 of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I am here with... Hello, I'm back again. It's Kara. Hello. Welcome to you and to you. (laughs) (laughs) She's back again, back for some more conversations about the Bad Batch. So it's been a few weeks. Has it been a month? It's been four episodes, so I guess it's been a... It's been a month since we've talked Bad Batch, but yeah, we are very excited, especially after this last episode. I I reached out. I was like, we have to talk. I was like, we got to talk about this soon because (laughs) things things are happening. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so so we're we're here to talk about episodes four through seven of the Bad Batch. So in our first episode, we did episodes one through three. We're here for four through seven now, and yeah, things got. Things got intense. We kind of knew where it was going, but this last episode especially got intense. So we're going to we're going to give our general thoughts. We're going to go kind of episode by episode, high points and major happenings where we're going with this show. So first, Kara, yes. let's get right in. And and before I go any further, I'll say it. I try to say it. This is a spoiler episode. So <laughs> we're going to talk about spoilers for The Bad Batch, yep. maybe some Mandalorian stuff, maybe Clone Wars, things like that. We're going to get into it. So with that said, Kara, overall yeah. thoughts on where we are now after we've seen episodes four through seven. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing I can say about about this show is I consistently every week I'm enjoying it so much. And it doesn't, I mean, it's not that it's not high stakes because especially this week, a lot of it is very high stakes, but it just feels like so nice (laughs) to watch. I don't know how else to explain it. Like I just enjoy every episode. I love seeing the characters interact with each other. I love seeing like the, this story unfold kind of slowly, but in a, in a good way, you know, like, cause I feel like it's giving us, so much i just i don't know i'm feeling very enriched from this show that's a word for it what about you that's a really good good word for it enriched right? for sure yeah enriched. i feel nourished <laughs> yeah. By this show. yeah no it's great it's and, and we talked about it last time but coming into the show i didn't really have any expectations you know when they announced it i was of course like excited because it was new star wars stuff yeah. but i was like oh the bad batch like i could have seen a comic series or a novel or something like that, that kind of covered what happened to them after season seven of clone wars. But yeah, the way that this show has like, has just pulled me in has been really crazy. Cause I wasn't, you know, kind of the same thing with a Mandalorian. It happened where I was like in, in right away, mm-hmm. but especially with this one and just getting all, all these characters, you know, in the in the last season of Clone Wars, we got Wrecker, and it was just like, oh, Wrecker's fun. Like he's funny, yeah. you know. He's a big, like, not very smart, just like wants to blow stuff up. That's that's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I'm in tears because of an interaction he has with a child. Like what? Oh, yeah. Like what is going on? You know. So so yeah, I am I am in, and I I love Hunter so much, and. It just, I, I finally found the Black Series Hunter this week, and I was just very excited about that, that I just happened to run into that. But Hunter is like climbing rankings of some of my favorite characters. He's such a great protagonist. And you brought that up last episode where it's just like, yeah. he's he's the perfect main character for this show and seeing him kind of grow even throughout is just is just so good so yeah i'm really really drawn in by the characters i didn't see it coming and just week to week it is it's just so fun and and yeah it's kind of been a slow burn you know getting to where we are now but it it has been so worth it to get those you know kind of little side missions that they've had to do and things like that and getting new characters introduced so yeah i'm I'm still still all in on this one. Me too. Yeah. And like, what are we getting? Aren't we getting like 16 episodes or something absolutely absurd like that? So I'm glad that it's kind of like slowly unfolding like this because it's like, I don't, I, I don't know how it could be any other way with this many episodes, you know? So I, yeah, I think it's really, the pacing is really great so far. It is. Yeah. We're not even halfway there. 
Gee, what? No. Yeah, <laughs> almost almost two months into the show. This show started on May the 4th. And wow. we're sitting here in the second week of June now. And we still have another two months to go. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a cool. long, long first season. But yeah, episode to episode, it's just been fun. The adventures are going on. The you know, how they're starting to tie it in a little bit to the rebellion and we're seeing a little bit more of the empire. We haven't, haven't gotten a lot of like empire characters, but we still seen a little bit with like the parade and, and things like that. So it's, it's, it's getting there. And yeah, the fact that we're not even halfway there is insane. Wild, totally wild, very wild. So let's go ahead Mm-hmm. and get into it let's start let's start with start from the top so let's start with episode four this episode was called cornered and we talked about it on our last podcast that fennec shan was coming we were like we haven't seen her it's been three episodes we're we're ready for fennec shan to show up and this is the episode where she comes in and ugh, she's she's the coolest she is just the coolest That's so cool that's the only word i can think of to use is just cool just so cool <laughs> i loved seeing her so they go to they go to pantora is the planet mm-hmm. and I, that's another thing i love about this show is that they keep jumping planets and like seeing all these yeah. different landscapes going through some that we kind of knew and some like new areas that we haven't seen and pantora is super cool it's like a i don't even know what kind of planet it is but the cd type city that they end up in to get supplies right. and things is just uh just such a good set piece and then yeah, the fact that Fennec shows up and like the main thing of this episode is that, okay, now they know that Omega is wanted. Not even necessarily the Bad Batch, but they're after Omega. Somebody is after Omega. I'm sure there's different factions, but Fennec is there. She was the one that was hired. Mm-hmm. One of the people, I'm sure there's more, to find Omega. And that's kind of where we go with this episode. Exactly. I did really like the planet. It gave me like, um, you know, the planet in in Rogue One where we first see Cassian and he is talking to that guy. And it's like that kind of really crowded streets, you know, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. But um, yeah, I really, really liked seeing Fennec. And, uh, and it's just it was such a good episode. I feel like I mean, they all are really but especially that one for Omega's character, like just seeing how quick she was to trust her it's like that innocence because you forget that like omega has never been off of camino before she's never interacted with like people who aren't clones or caminoans caminoans whatever um you know what i mean (laughs) so it's like it's like a, a good reminder of like oh no this is just like literally a kid who's never been more than this one place you know but she's just so sweet and and yeah that must be like such a weird like soul shaking thing for her to realize that people are like hunting her down that's oh it's crazy yeah yeah she has a lot to learn and she she learns a lot in these four episodes too mm-hmm. because from the beginning of this episode they're kind of talking about okay we need to go hide out for a while they're going to go to a planet that's not inhabited by anybody and Omega's really bummed about that. She's like, really? Why? Like, I, you know, I've never been anywhere. And now we're going to go somewhere where there's nobody else. And so they come to the conclusion, okay, we have to stop and get supplies at Pantora. And mm-hmm. just the little look that she gives after they say that, when they're like, Pantora it is. And she repeats it. She's like, Pantora it is. And she's just like, just a kid excited to go see things. And she gets to see a lot of things. She gets to see... They're called Vorpax. I had to look it up. All I know is Buggles from Star Wars Resistance. So there's two of these yeah. little dog-like alien things, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like from Star Wars Resistance, that are on this planet. They steal her doll. She has to chase them down. And then you're right. Fennec Shan shows up, and she befriends her immediately. And mm-hmm. Ming-Na Wen, by the way, she's awesome. Can't say enough awesome things about her just voice acting uh, live action acting she's amazing and she just plays this part so cool and then she's just like oh 
I lost my friends, but um, if you're not with anybody, you can join us too. Like you can come with us, you know, just sweet, innocent Omega. And yeah, that whole interaction between her and Fennec really actually comes into play the following episode because the lesson that Fennec teaches her is when Omega's like, um, I'm hungry, but I don't have any credits or whatever. And Fennec basically teaches her how to steal something. She runs into the little vendor and takes it. And Omega's like, but you didn't pay for it. And she's like, well, it's okay to break the rules sometimes, like if it's for the right reason. And I'm like, ah, lesson, like there it is. Yeah, it's that's something. That's going to be something that's going to come up. And sure enough, in the next episode, it does when she definitely breaks the rules, but for a very good reason on that one. That's so true. And also the whole bit um, in this episode with Echo having to pretend that he's a droid is just like so classic. Like, I love how pissed (laughs) off he was about it. He was like, seriously, like, just so annoyed. I really liked that. (laughs) It's so good. And then he, he even talks like a droid for like a couple like sentences. He's just like, yes, sir, I will come with you. And he like talks like a droid. And that's another thing about this show is that it's really funny. There's a lot of, and and like Star Wars is always funny. Like there's always been comedy in Star Wars, but this just, it's a different type of humor than what we had in the Clone Wars. And it's even different than what we had in Rebels as well. But yeah, the comedy in the show, the little one-liners here and there are so good. But yeah, Fennec, Hunter, their little fight, their combat, where it's like their hand-to-hand combat, that sequence, the animation is incredible. And then they go on this speeder chase that really took me back to Attack of the Clones right away, the opening chase with uh, Zam Wessel, and the way that they had the music in there where it was kind of, it wasn't quite like electric guitar but it was close enough to that same like cadence a little bit that that whole chase was, was so cool to me. Yeah, that was really good. It was, uh, I, I think when I, when there are action sequences like that, sometimes if I'm watching like in the early morning, I can kind of like glaze over for a minute and like look away and then look back and it's been like two minutes or whatever. So I think that happened the first time, but I went, I went back because I realized that I had glazed over and it was definitely a lot of attack of the clones, uh, love, which I am a huge supporter of, of course. Yes. This is a pro attack of the clones podcast. (laughs) So I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're, uh, in accordance there. So, but yeah, that, that whole episode was good. I, another thing was the Celestin alien dude, like the port Mm. manager. So he was really funny throughout the episode and he was played by Taryn Killam who is another one that is like a huge Star Wars fan and it's so it's so cool to see him now be in Star Wars I think he might have had a role in Resistance don't Mm. quote me I know it's out there on the airwaves now forever but (laughs) yeah he was that and he was actually two more voices in this episode one was the the goat man that we get like for a split second he says something along those lines but that's yeah another great thing about the bad batch is that we got a goat man and we got that in season seven of the clone wars the goat i think they're called goatals they just keep showing up and i i just Perfect. really really appreciate that for sure agreed <laughs> totally agree. so we end the episode with fennec shan basically making a call mm-hmm. and who who do you think Fennec is reporting to? Who do you think hired Fennec for this job? Because they said it's a direct commission. It's not through the guild or anything like that. So who do, who do you think it is? It's so hard to know. Because I know like everyone's gut has said Boba Fett. But like, how old is he at this point? You know, like maybe she knows him, but I don't know that she would be working for him. But, like, who else? Like, I guess is, I I think because of that hologram cameo from Clone Wars, we know that Dryden Voss is around. Crimson Dawn is in effect in some way, right? Yeah, so I I totally think, and shout out to Tori Fox from the Mandatorian Creed. She has been all about Dryden Voss is happening this season. And I think, I think she's right. And I think you bring him, bringing him up too. I do think that that wasn't, 
I don't think that was just something that they threw in to season seven, because obviously almost everyone, like we saw a young Caleb doom and a hologram and, and Deepa Balaba. And we saw them this year. And then the Martez sisters who we're going to talk about here shortly. And it's like, it's happening, but somebody knows it's gotta be someone who knows about Omega. And I don't think her, I don't think she's well known, you know, throughout very many circles. I know the Kaminoans definitely know about her and they want her back. Also, Tarkin and the Empire. So I don't know. It could go a lot of different ways. It could come down to maybe there's a situation where Fennec is after her, Boba Fett's after her, who knows, Bosk is after her, you know, something like that where they're really wanting to get her. But that is a mystery that through these four episodes still has not been solved. So it'll yeah, be interesting to see. Of, I didn't think of it that way though, that like who would even know about her enough to have a bounty out on her. So that's more interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it is. And it'll be interesting to see who else, because even at the end, like fast forwarding a little bit, the very end of this last episode, episode seven, there's those two dudes at the end of the episode that see Hunter and they call in and say, we better report this to the empire. So it's like, okay, the emperor, right. the empire is after the bad batch for sure, because he sees Hunter could be after Omega too, but Fennec Shan had, didn't have anything to do with the bad batch. She just wanted right. Omega. So yeah. it'll be interesting hmm. to see for sure right. where that goes. But yeah, I don't think a ton of people know about Omega. I mean, we still don't really know yeah, much about don't. Omega. <laughs> Rex, Rex didn't know about Omega, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where that goes. Mm, I agree. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to episode five. And this one was called Rampage. And this one, we meet a new character, which was very exciting, a Trandoshan, Sid. And Sid is played by Rhea Perlman, which she's awesome. And I love that Sid is wearing a, like a pearl necklace. And it's yeah. Rhea Perlman. That that's really good. But yeah, the voice of of Sid is so good. Like this big Trandoshan, shady type character who used to work with the Jedi, but now just kind of does her own thing because obviously the Jedi aren't around. But yeah, what do you think about Sid? We've seen a I, lot of Sid now. I am obsessed with Sid. I love her so much. I think what I like, I like that she reminds me of Maz in that way of just like commanding a room, you know of mostly people who are criminals, but also I like that she like doesn't take any crap from them. And also that she really knows what her help and guidance to them is worth. Like, you know what I mean? Like she, she's like, fine, don't do it. But then what, like, what are you going to do without me? You know, that kind of thing. I really like that about her. Um, I don't know if this, if she did this in episode five or if it was just in episode seven, I think it was both though, but I love that she calls tech goggles. That's yeah. like favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she said, you don't want to see my ugly side and tech's like, this isn't her ugly side. And he's like, she's like, what'd you say? Goggles. <laughs> yeah. Again, the comedy in the show is very, very good. I think that was in, in six or seven, but this, the point yeah. stands. Yeah. Sid's, uh, Sid's pretty awesome. Yeah, she's so cool, and uh, I like that that kind of served as their home base for a little while. I don't know if that'll be able to continue now that they might have new people on their tail, but um, but I liked that she was like that um, that place for them to return to for the past couple episodes. She's just so cool. Yeah, it seems like they're staying there like they they are like based because yeah she's charging them for all sorts of stuff that's in a later episode too but she's like and then rex shows up she's like this isn't a clone clubhouse or whatever she says <laughs> like this isn't you know what this is but, but yeah sid, sid is really good and i i don't know if you noticed so in episode five it looks mm-hmm. like sid it's not it's not your typical cantina that we're used to seeing in star wars mm-hmm. it's like a gaming bar or something like they have like darts and they have like 
pinball machines almost is what it looks like. It looks like it's like one of those bars you go to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you go there, you know, and you give the bartender a bunch of cash and they bring out a bunch of quarters and you play games all night. That's what type of bar this looked like. And I just, that was, that was such a nice touch. Very cool. Love that. So she sends them to on a mission because they want to get some money and she's like, okay, you got to go save this, this, kid basically and from the zigerian yeah zigerian slavers which we've seen them come up time after time in star wars and they're just awful for the most part there's a couple here and there that are okay but yeah they're they're pretty bad uh bad aliens for sure Mm -hmm. but they don't know that they are going to rescue a rancor a baby rancor because she just says it's a kid yeah, and so it is a, a big shock for them. But yeah, Moochie. Moochie is here, and I am am very obsessed with Moochie as well. I like Moochie. And Cute. Moochie's okay, and Moochie's okay too. This is not... Everyone thought, okay, Bib Fortuna shows up because he's after Moochie, mm-hmm. and he works for Jabba, so everyone kind of made that connection. Oh, this is the Rancor that Luke kills in Return of the Jedi. But in but canon, that is a different Rancor. That Patisa is a male. Right? Yeah, Patissa. And it's yeah. a male Rancor. This is Moochie, a female Rancor. And so, no, this we don't know the end of this one's story. Thank God, because, yes, it's a baby Rancor. And you feel right. really bad if that's the case. That, like, Luke skywalker kills it in the end no (laughs) different rancor you can rest easy i'm here to tell you it's okay i do hope we see more moochie eventually but moochie's end of moochie's story has not been told yet i think you're right i did hear that like one of the writers on twitter responded to a tweet kind of implying that it was the same rancor but i don't think it is we're sticking with that that writer, that writer is wrong. Sorry, I know you write <laughs> for the actual show in Star Wars, but you're wrong, Sorry. man. Like, <laughs> yeah, Moochie no. will live forever. Hashtag Moochie lives for sure. <laughs> if if not actually lives, definitely in my heart. So a- another great part about this is this is where Omega gets a comm device, and mm. that plays into the comedy pretty much this entire time. But yeah, at the very beginning of the episode. They're like, okay, stay here. Let us go do this mission. Like, we'll be fine. We'll be back. She's like, okay. And she has the calm. And again, in the episode before, Fennec Shan was like, oh, it's okay to break the rules if it's for the right reason. She can't get a hold of them. Mm-hmm. So she breaks the rules. She leaves the ship. And basically, she has to go in and save the day. And right. she she does because they get captured by the Zigerian slavers. And they're mm-hmm. in chains and everything. They're with kind of a, a few more. more. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, Omega comes in like this is Omega's heroes, you know, moment in this episode, which was awesome. Very. And I love also, I think, yeah, it was in this one where they were trying to figure out who Sid was. And then, and then Omega just is on the comm and she's like, I found Sid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really good. The, yes, that, (laughs) that whole, uh, comm gag throughout was was incredible but yeah so omega goes lets moochie out and the rancor takes over they realize okay that's moochie we have to go save moochie and so basically what happens is wrecker has to fight moochie because they're like rancors go by like societal standards so you Mm -hmm. have to show them who's the alpha and then they'll listen to you. So that way, if you go in and take care of this rancor, like they will obey you. Right. And so Wrecker and Moochie have this knockdown drag out fight. And it's basically a test of endurance because they are just mm-hmm. like punching. It's just hilarious that this rancor is punching Wrecker and then Wrecker's just punching the rancor back and they're just going at it until basically the rancor falls asleep or passes out or whatever, because Wrecker wore him out. Right. Yeah. It reminded me I have, I'm in very much the Marvel headspace this week and I just watched Endgame for the first time. And it reminds me of like when they go back in time to New York and, uh, and the Hulk is professor Hulk at this point. So he's not like 
big smash Hulk, you know, and Cap's just like, why don't you just smash some stuff? So it looks, and, and yeah. Bruce, is, Bruce is just like, that feels kind of gratuitous, but yeah, okay. <laughs> he's just like, he just yeah. like throws something. <laughs> yes. hundred <laughs> percent. There's, there's for sure a lot of parallels, especially with Wrecker and the Hulk mm-hmm. that, yeah, we could probably talk about for a long time too, but yeah, no, that's a good call. I, I loved, I loved the fight. It was really funny to me and really yeah. And, and yeah, that whole episode, it was very, it was kind of just like a side mission, but the development of all the characters throughout and, you know, getting to know Sid. Cause I feel like Sid, you know, Sid has been in a few episodes now is going to mm-hmm. be kind of a major player throughout yeah. this series. You know, that's kind of home base right now. Can we trust Sid though? Because Sid was obviously friends with the Jedi. And so mm-hmm. in our eyes, she was on the right side of things. Now the Jedi are over. She's super shady to me like really like on the edge i feel like we're meant to like her but i feel like she could be one of those characters that turns her back if the right situation comes up on the bad batch yeah she doesn't remind me so much of like a dj type because i feel like dj is more ad-libbing like improvising she reminds me more almost of like beckett from solo because like he will go where the wind takes him or where it works like best for him but he's very purposeful about it like i feel like dj's just kind of like well let's see what happens you know but beckett is more like like has more of a target in mind and i feel like she reminds me of that so like you know if if somebody came to her and offered her enough money would she turn the batch over i don't know i don't know if they've really connected with her on a level that would prevent her from doing that i hate to say that because i don't want her to do that obviously but i don't know she kind of i think it's after the no i think it is at the end of that episode so at the end of the episode because the reason they went to sid they wanted to find out who the bounty hunter was and she's like you got to go do this job for me and then i'll get you information so they come back and she's like oh that's fennec shan like you guys must be a big deal if that's the case. Like you must be worth a lot and kind of threatens Hunter a little bit. And Hunter just kind of looks at her like, Oh, so that's the game that we're going to play, you know, because she's, she's yeah. I feel like maybe she doesn't have their best interests in mind as like, I mean, I think that her best interests are what she has in mind over everything else. You know, like it's just all business, that type of thing. No, hundred percent. I, I, I'm concerned about Sid to say the least. I think that <laughs> she, you know, I really like Sid as a character. I think she's an awesome new addition. That's something that, you know, with any new Star Wars content and the new characters. So obviously we saw Fennec, we love Fennec, but we already knew her, you know, right. and then we've talked about already the Martez sisters, Rex and everybody. We love them so much, but it is cool to get those new characters introduced and Sid could truly go either way because she doesn't really have any allegiance now that the Jedi are gone, you know, yeah. unless she gets introduced to some of the Jedi who are still out there or something mm-hmm. like that down the line. That and is- I also feel like the other thing that kind of the other thing that was kind of running through the episode was like um, Omega learning like what slave slavery is, you know, in in the galaxy. And that was really interesting too. It's just adding another element to her story of her learning about how the, how the galaxy works. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's learning the truth about how things are. And it's that definitely like coming of age. You, as you grow up, you learn that everything's not just perfect everywhere. (laughs) And I do like that in this episode, because we see a lot of instances of slavery in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I did really like that, you know, and, and it wasn't going to go any other way. Like I, they wouldn't have just left the people there who were <laughs> enslaved, but I did like that. They made it a point to, you know, once they were free, the bad batch, they freed everybody else before they yeah. moved on with 
their next thing. And they didn't just leave them like, okay, good luck. Like they led them to freedom too. And I did really appreciate that. Yeah. It just kind of shows where the bad batch is like, yeah, we're going to come here and do our mission and try to figure out who's after Omega, but we're not just going to leave these people here. We're going to help save them as well. So exactly. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to the next episode. Next episode is called decommissioned and this Mm -hmm. is episode six. And this episode starts back at SIDS again. So Mm -hmm. again, home base, this is kind of where they're living right now. And it starts with Omega in the last episode, she got her weapon, like the little bow and arrow thing. Right. And this one starts with her practicing in the bar with it. And, you know, the bar patrons are like, Oh, she sucks. You know, she can't hit anything, (laughs) you know? And they're like kind of making fun of her. And then Sid comes up. She's like, Oh, it's cause you got noodle arms. You can't hold it back. And then Sid (laughs) takes it and rattles off three bullseyes in a row. But the thing that struck me with this, the opening of this episode was echo is the one who's kind of there guiding her on how to shoot this, which is really nice. But he makes a comment and he says, as she hits, she hit like one bullseye or she hit the target once out of like 12 times. And she's excited about it. She's like, I got it once, you know, and he's like, yeah, but out of 12 times. And he says, soldiers need to be consistent. And it's like, pump the brakes, echo. Whoa, 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 whoa. She's a child. She doesn't need to be a soldier. Like that's not, you know, so it's, in their head, it's like, okay, she's here. She's with us. She's on the team. We're going to go and fight. We're going to do these things. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to step back. And I don't know, you know, I think Hunter has a more general view of this and can kind of see the big picture. But the fact right. that Echo is like, no, soldiers need to be, it's like, who says she has to be a soldier? You know, like that's. Also like, you're not a soldier anymore either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I just. I thought as like echo, you're missing the point here. Like Mm -hmm. she's a kid. She shouldn't be forced to be a soldier. So yeah, echo's gotta, echo's gotta learn. I'm sorry. I love you echo, but come on, man, (laughs) come on. Yeah. And I think, but I, I do think the, the part that he was kind of teaching her about tuning out the distractions, that was, that was like borderline forcey. So that was kind of interesting to see. And then I also, this is kind of a side note, but I loved that after Sid said that she had noodle arms, people immediately were like, are noodles canon? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's That's really funny. This is an I love us moment. You know? Yep. That's immediately when any, yeah, like any (laughs) common, like, today's day lingo is using star wars that's always the case like well if you're saying that it's like han's thing you know where he's like i'll see you in hell it's like okay so that means like hell exists in star wars does that mean like heaven exists so is there a god or is it just the force or you know what is it and so yeah but no that's that's a good point yes noodles are noodles are definitely canon in star wars hashtag noodles are canon (laughs) yeah i'm making a t-shirt on that for sure please (laughs) so the bad batch and this got me so excited but their mission now they have to go get a tactical droid basically at the head of a tactical the droid head, where yeah. they, yeah, they st- store the information and they have mm-hmm. to go to Corellia. So they head to Corellia and after seeing Corellia and solo, mm-hmm. I just, I, I love that backdrop and I love just getting into kind of the inner workings of Corellia and seeing it mm-hmm. in animation here again was just, was so cool. I'm g- really glad they went back to Corellia. Me too. Yeah. That was really cool to see. In uh, in animation like that, yeah, very cool. So they get to Corellia, they have to get this droid. They go into this big factory, and they're getting ready to steal this head of this droid. And there's only one left, and then someone else just comes in and swoops it up. And then we find out that it's the Martez sisters there. Did you have any clue that the Martez sisters were going to be? in the show or like showing up or anything. Cause I was shocked. I was when, when she talked and took her helmet up, I was, I was pretty shocked. I was really shocked too, but, it, but it's weird that I was shocked because it matches up with the timeline. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's not that long after we previously saw them, honestly. So 
it does kind of fit. Um, yeah, but that was really cool. It was just a, it was such a cool dynamic, the two of them with the, with the batch and yeah, the, the backdrop of like this incinerator thing, which was also kind of attack of the clones, you know, yeah. uh, which I loved, but yeah, I was happy. I was so happy to see them, but I, I definitely didn't expect it. But then when I reflected, I was like, well, it makes sense. So, yeah, it was really good. I was very excited when I saw yeah. Trace and Rafa because yeah, I really like them in season seven of the clone wars and that whole arc and getting to know them a little bit. And mm-hmm. now they come in and kind of the overall lesson, like obviously trace and Rafa, you know, they're there to get the, the droid head. There's that moment where Omega gets stuck. And I think it's trace at that point mm-hmm. can either can make the decision or she's like, she could run off. She's got the thing she could take off or go and help Omega. And of course she goes and helps Omega and then Hunter swoops in. So at the very end of this episode, they get out of the factory safely after it was like locked down and there's like police droids after them and everything they get out, but they lose the head of the droid. And so they, you know, the Martez sisters was like, well, we were on this mission. We didn't, we didn't complete it, whatever Hunter gives them this data rod that has Mm -hmm. all the information that tech had downloaded. And he's, you know, they have this big conversation where Omega makes a line. She says a line where she's like, Oh, well, Sid's not going to be very happy that we didn't, you know, get this for her. And the Martezes were like, you didn't even know who you're getting this for, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's kind of messed up that you would do that. You know, we're, we're fighting for something bigger. Like we're going to give this to fight against the empire. Mm -hmm. And so after they say that, that's when Hunter gives Trace and Rafa the data rod where it has the information. And he's like, you'll use this for something better than, than we would. And so then she's like, maybe you are different. And Hunter says, to be honest, things were clearer when we were just soldiers. Mm. And then Rafa says, take it from me. In the end, we all choose sides. And that's because even when we left Trace and Rafa in season seven, like they weren't, the Clone Wars weren't over. So we didn't know where they were going to stand on anything. Obviously they had their experience with Ahsoka, but they're already like, they're okay they're part of the rebellion now. Like they're part of the early parts of the rebellion, which I think is so cool, but they kind of teach Hunter. It's like, I know you, you just think that you're out here doing missions and trying to survive and, you know, with Omega, but you're going to have to pick a side eventually. And we know what side they're going to be on because they've seen what the empire is doing already. And they're totally not cool with it. So yeah, I loved seeing the Martez sisters. Like they helped Ahsoka in her journey in season seven. And now they're helping the bad batch right now like kind of push them to the right side totally and i think that that was in i think that was important for hunter i feel like it was kind of like an epiphany moment for him of like i didn't think of it that way but you're right you know like that kind of thing and i feel like that's something that's going to stick with him in the future if they get asked to do something that's not great you know then he might he might revisit that or if he get if they get asked to do something for the rebel side, the early rebel side, like he might, he might remember reckon back to that moment, harken back, reckon, you know what I mean? Same thing. That moment uh, in that conversation. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. And, and so we leave this episode with a cliffhanger after episode six, where the Martez sisters are like, yeah, we had some help from some rogue clones. We know where to find them type of thing. And like, we got the information. We see a hologram. Don't mm-hmm. know who it is at the time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Bail Organa. Obviously, now we know who it was, but yeah. I thought that it was going to be Bail Organa. How, how about you after after episode six? I would have loved that. Jimmy Smith's forever. Hashtag Jimmy Smith's forever. We're having so many hashtags this episode. <laughs> but I kind of did think it was who it ended up being because I knew that they were going to be in it at some point because of the trailers. So... That was my thought, but yeah, there were a couple ways that could have gone. So, yeah, for sure. Luckily, we did not have very long to wait; just one yeah. week, and we're back at Sid's for episode seven, which was mm-hmm. called "Battle Scars." Mm-hmm. And so, just from the title, you already can tell like things are going to go sideways in this one. 
So it starts out at SIDS. They complete a mission. They get back. And it starts out so positive, (laughs) this episode. Like, so super positive. Because they get back, and they're like, okay, we completed this mission. And then Wrecker and Omega are like, hey, uh, can we, you know go out and and hunter's like what are you talking about they want to go out and he's like oh it makes the kid happy or whatever and you're like as an audience you're like what are they what are they talking about and hunter's like (laughs) yeah of course it makes the kid happy so they go out wrecker and omega have a tradition after every successful mission when they come back they go out to a street vendor and get what is called mantel mix which looks like kind of like popcorn ish like maybe kettle corn something or other but Mantel mix. So they're just like hanging out and having the and best time. is that time. the same stuff that they sell at Galaxy's Edge? That's what I heard. Ooh, I don't know. That's I don't know if question. they call it if they call it that in Batu, but I've heard I heard that it's the same thing, which is Ooh. wonderful and adorable and perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Just like at the start of this episode, it was wonderful, adorable, perfect. It was oh. so good. It started out super positive. And then they're in the bar and they're in the, they're in the Sid's gaming bar. That's just what I'm going to call it. And we see a hooded figure hanging out in the corner, getting hassled by the two, like the, t- the two bar patrons that have just been just <laughs> annoying, <nerd>. you know? <laughs> yeah. Not, not to me annoying, but annoying to the bar patrons. Cause <laughs> they're just like always in there probably drinking and everything. But yeah, it, was very fi- like, it was very like Aragorn Strider vibes, you know, just like, yes. Put a person I, in the corner who yeah. ends up being hot. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. <laughs> wow, okay. Now now we know where you stand on on that. But yes, no, I in in watching that in that moment, I was like, I recognize this moment. Like this is very like, where do I know this from? And then Brad from Friends of the Force podcast tweeted out earlier that he's like, Oh, this is, you know, inspired by Lord of the Rings or whatever. I was like, that's what it is. And yeah. yeah, that was a really cool introduction for Rex into the series. So yeah, Rex meets up with the Bad Batch and things are going okay. They're catching up. Wrecker and Omega get back. And then for the like fifth straight episode, Wrecker is like, man, my head hurts. Give me one of those med patches. And Tech's like, we're out of those. You ran us out. And Rex is like, what's going on here? And then Rex like puts his hand on his blaster because he's scared. He's like, you guys still have your chips in like that. I'm not cool with that, you know? And, and so, yeah, they have this whole conversation. He's like, you have to get those out. Like you have got to get those out and risk it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you're a danger to everybody around you, including Omega, because we know Omega does not have a chip. That is where like, at one point brags about not having a chip too. She's like, well, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah. And then, and Wrecker's like, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so good. And it, you know, it's been building and we even talked about it after episode three because mm-hmm. Wrecker brought it up a couple times where he's like, Oh man, my head hurts. And we're like, okay, like the <sighs> characters don't just say their head hurts. You know, like if, if TV shows and movies and stuff were actually like, real life stories mm-hmm. about people you would probably hear that in movies all the time like i have a headache i need some leave or something because people get headaches all the time not right. in not in tv and definitely not in star wars so we knew it was coming we knew it was leading to this and i think you even mentioned that rex would have to be the one to kind of help out in this regard and that's Maybe exactly that. what this episode is yeah so they they go to meet rex to take out the chips and just before they get Wrecker going to get it out, he finally turns and he is triggered by Order 66 and it was terrifying, straight up terrifying. And we talked about it before. We knew it was going to be like, if there's any member of the Bad Batch that's going to go to Order 66, Mm -hmm. it can't be Wrecker. He is the, he would be terrifying. And we were a hundred percent correct on that. And it was, it was straight up scary in this episode. It really was like, and I know that it like got resolved kind of quickly, but like, I'm so glad (laughs) like, cause I just didn't want to, I didn't want us to have to like leave this episode and go into the next one, like without Wrecker and not knowing where he was and 
knowing that he wasn't himself. Like that would have been so terrible. So I'm kind of glad that like, you know, we had that really horrifying moment, but now it's done. You know, like I wanted that to be over fast because that was, that was intense. Yeah, it was just that moment where he, right when he turns on tech and like grabs his arm and then the music was so intense. It really, the music actually kind of reminded me a little bit. It really reminded me of the Mandalorian with the dark troopers and that type of music. It wasn't quite as like in your face, Ludwig, like going crazy with stuff. Trap the music. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> trap music quite, but it, it was, it was intense. And yeah, Wrecker loses it. And the buildup was so good because we knew it was coming eventually. Mm-hmm. And you're right. We only got like a half episode of Wrecker like this, but I'm, glad too that it didn't drag out yeah because you know eventually you're like okay well all of the bad batch can't just follow order 66 like they're gonna have Mm -hmm. to get their chips out you know eventually like crosshair i think that's gonna be the long game like they're really gonna have to figure out how to get to crosshair with this i was glad that they did it but that that whole scene and i was actually watching that one with my daughter and she was terrified (laughs) she was really because it's omega and you know the the episode starts out with them being like best friends and we've seen them have this relationship throughout and you know we've seen uncle wrecker with the kids in you know episode two Mm -hmm. and wrecker's just big friendly guy and now he's just straight up terrifying chasing omega like about to kill her and omega she gives that heartbreaking line she's just like but wrecker i thought we were friends and it was like oh my god like i was in tears i was straight up in tears in this like i was like oh why am i this emotional over a damn cartoon but it was it was so good the build-up was awesome the whole scene of him chasing her through there was uh, it was terrifying but it was so freaking good it was so good I'm glad Rex was there too, just so because just to have like an extra body there, you know. Yeah, but that was yeah, that was a lot. It was it was terrifying. It was it was a good buildup. Yes, I'm glad they didn't spend a whole half a season on. Oh no, Wrecker, where did he go? Now that now Wrecker's after us. It's like no, like let's get these chips out because they're gonna have to that get out eventually. So yeah, no, it would have been bad. And so mm-hmm. that was that was that was. After I watched that, I was like, okay, we got to talk about it because that, that was, we, we knew it was coming, but yep, you know, it was, it was intense. And I'm just, you know, even at the end of the episode when they finally get Wrecker down and they're like, you know, Rex is like, why don't you take um, Omega up top, you know, get her some fresh air. And she's like, no, like I'm staying with my friend. Like I'm not leaving his side. And she like pulls up her chair. It's that little subtle movement of her like, pulling her chair up right by wrecker ah, it just breaks your heart just breaks your heart and then when he wakes up and just like pats her head oh yeah yeah <laughs> yes no uh, yeah so good so so very good it's uh, yeah it's it's silly it's a cartoon about um blasters and rancors and lizards and things like that and then they have these moments where it's like i did another another thing i just did not see coming at all from this show and i love that like i love that when he apologizes to omega she that's the part that got me super choked up like that might be on my list of like favorite star wars moments but what i liked the most about it is that she didn't want him to dwell on it she was just like it's okay i understand like yeah here i have some popcorn like let's let's yeah and isn't isn't that what we all want when something bad happens for someone to just be like it's okay like it's okay she knows it wasn't really him she knows you know yeah yeah and it's just man i mean yeah uh just just so good (laughs) and so but yeah it was so good to see Rex. And I, I had another thing about him because in our, we're both in the Blast Points uh, super chill group on Facebook. And we talk about every week's episode and somebody posted and was asking like, what was Rex's mood through this? Like, what was he going through? Cause there's like a couple moments where it like just kind of lingers on him, like watching the bad batch. And then like, there's that moment where he's standing in the doorway and he's just kind of like gazing at his helmet just kind of looking at his helmet, you know, and uh, our friend Steph, Steph Cole, she said, she said, my idea is maybe he's thinking of saving more clones, 
like after order 66, he was so disillusioned, but now seeing this, he might think it would be worth it to bring more clones back. Uh, that was what Steph suggested. And, and that really like ignited my brain, like, because we still, I mean, we see Rex and rebels, but we don't know a ton about the time that he spends right in between the end of season seven of clone wars. And when we see him in rebels, we don't know a ton about what he does during that time. So yeah, it would be really interesting if that's what he started to do. Like if he started to try to rescue more clones or, or try to, cause it is, isn't he with some other clones in rebels or something like that? So yeah. 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 That is a really good point. And I, I didn't think that deep into it. So I'm glad you brought that up from Steph because that's a really good point. And I did, I noticed that on the both times that I watched it that, yeah, he just like stares at his helmet and you see like the markings on him and everything. And you're like, what is going on? I, you know, didn't step back, but yeah, that something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, because even Hunter asks him, you know, he's like, wow, I'm, you know, surprised to see you're still in the fight. He's like, I, you know, I, I can't leave it now. Like I've been in it forever and you know, what would be the point of anything if I just stopped fighting for something? And so I think that's another one where the bad batch sees that and they're like, that's where it's going. Like they're going to be on the right side of things. Obviously they do have other fish to fry right now with people after Omega and now people that are going to be after them. And plus like they're trying to get crosshair back. So they have a lot going on Mm -hmm. but yeah no that's a really good point and we don't know what we we know you know we don't know specifically what happens to all the clones we know that eventually the clones are no more you know Mm -hmm. and we get to stormtroopers instead of clone troopers Mm -hmm. but we don't know what happens obviously tarkin wants them gone so yeah that could be a major point and it could be something we even see with the bad batch too interesting very interesting yeah and then we we're we're left with another cliffhanger at the end because these two dudes at the end they see hunter and they're like alert the empire so we know a fight is coming well let's let's speculate a little now can we get into our speculations because i have a few things to mention hold on hold on We 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 need to start though with oh. Grogu, with Grogu, watch. Where are oh, we yeah. on this? <laughs> Where are we on Grogu watch? Every I, episode, we're doing a Grogu watch. I think because we haven't been to Camino in a while, and because we haven't seen the Empire in a while, I haven't thought about it. So at this point, I feel like now they've kind of misdirected us. So if it happened any time in the next couple episodes, it would be like. like if it had happened in like episode three or four it would have been like oh yeah but now it would be like like do you still think it's possible i don't know i think it's possible i don't think we're any closer to it no i don't know (laughs) than where we were but i I still think it's possible for sure and yeah because i mean honestly and I don't want to like steal any of whatever you're going to say. Cause I haven't, we haven't talked about this like yeah. beforehand or anything. Cause we don't like to do that with speculation. It's just fun to do it. Yeah. But like we've seen it, you know, it's kind of almost following that same pattern as the Mandalorian season two already, which, you know, it, it's different cause there's going to be a lot more episodes mm-hmm. and there has been a lot of, you know, new characters introduced, but we have got a ton of recurring characters, especially in these last four episodes. It's very apparent where we got Fennec Shan, we got mm-hmm. the Martez sisters, we got Rex, you know, it's like all these characters are showing up as like kind of like cameos, but they're like there to help the bad batch along on their journey, which is what happened in season two. But yes, we're going to get more, of we're gonna get more characters just like we got these last four weeks and so who knows who knows who will pop up who knows well here's my here's what i think are directly from episode seven things to discuss and some of these are things that i like just thought of while we were talking about it so the question now is well i think the big question that everyone's been having in all of like their breakdowns that i've listened to and stuff is like When's Crosshair coming back? Like, it's got to be at some point soon. And I think maybe 
because those guys in the scrap yard, scrap fields, whatever they called them, because they called the, they said alert the empire. So maybe Crosshair is going to be coming soon, like sooner than later. But what I didn't think of until now is because of the location where they were when they were spotted, they might know now that their chips are gone. So that's Ooh. just right. So that's just like, I mean, it might not really matter because they weren't in affecting them that much anyway, but it's just an added thing, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And yeah, it's the, it's the Darth Vader meme, you know, at the end of revenge of the Sith, where it's, where is crosshair? Is he safe? Is he all right? You know, because, because <laughs> we haven't seen him for what, four or five weeks now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I do think if they were going to send anyone to take out the bad batch, it would be crosshair at this point and crosshairs, group of deadly soldiers that followed his orders too. So and I just, I had another dark thought. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, I thought because I was like, okay, so let's say that they are able to like stun crosshair or knock him out or something and get him in one of those things and take his chip out. What if, what ifs are dangerous, but what if they took his chip out and he woke up and he didn't change his mind. <laughs> he was still a jerk. <laughs> I mean, he's always been a bit of a jerk, but what uh, if yeah. What if he didn't like he still wanted to be Empire side? I don't know. I love that, actually. I really do, because we did we talked about that last time where like, yeah, cro like crosshair was already not a very good person <laughs> like he was already like i don't know he's if he wasn't a good person friendly. he was yeah he was just not friendly his customer service was not good he was he just didn't have good bedside manner but yeah that would be that would be extremely interesting if that were the case or he if he woke up what would you guys do and then he still wants to follow the orders that would be that would be awesome. Honestly, I would, I would love that. Yeah. I didn't I'd, think I'd, about that until we were like, while we were talking. That's... Yeah. Cause, cause we don't really know what good side crosshair looks like. We've, you know, we've got the other side of Hunter and, um, you know, tech was always pretty much tech, but we've got the other side of Hunter and Wrecker mm -hmm. already in the season where, you know, last season you couldn't really tell like where they lied on stuff. Like, yeah, they're, probably good guys or whatever you want to call them but now like we see that other side where like hunter is becoming a father figure uncle wrecker is you know just friendly and just a kid at heart crosshair we don't know if there is another side honestly yeah i don't know that's a really good point now i'm really kind of pulling for that so we'll see how that goes <laughs> I'd love to see him come back and like the bad yeah, batch. Yeah, me too. Because for the bad batch's sake, you know, they they have talked about it. they're like, you know, we're a team, we stick together, like we we all go back for each other, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, what if that were to happen and they are completely split because you know, the bad batch wasn't immediately like, oh, the empire is terrible. They're still trying to figure it out. Right, yeah. Yeah, so good question. Interesting. That's why we do these things. <laughs> <laughs> I really have no other speculation besides just the same stuff. Like why, why is Omega? <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, yeah. Omega is still definitely a mystery and we haven't really got more about her. You know, obviously Rex was like, I don't, I didn't know that that was possible or whatever. And he right. kind of says that, but we haven't seen much more of, you know, what we thought Omega's specialties were other than being like very helpful and like saving the day a couple times and this kind of stuff. But yeah, we haven't, you know, in the first couple of episodes, we really talked about like, oh, well, what's her trait? You know, all the Bad Batch has a trait. And then we were like, well, maybe it's a little bit of, of everything that her trait is, but right. maybe it's, maybe she doesn't necessarily have, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that she's special. For sure. I just, it, it's not defined yet, which I think is exciting. And, I, and if it stays that way, great. I don't think it has to be defined. But yeah, mm -hmm. there's something there after her. The Kaminoans, you know, again, one of them let her go. The other one was like, where'd she go? Why is she gone? Mm -hmm. And so there's still that like 
what's going on with with those Lama Say and uh, Nala? Close. Nala is it Nala? Nala Say and Lama Say. Lama Su. Okay. Lama Su. Lama Su and Nala Say. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are, they're kind of in, again, we haven't been back to Camino. So mm-hmm. I do want to know what's going on there because I think one of them is for sure after Omega, the other one yeah. let her go and was like, let's get her out of here. So there's some sort of power struggle going on there too. I agree. And yeah, I think I want us to go back to Camino as viewers, but I don't want the batch to go back <laughs> to Camino. I don't think they should go back, but I would like for us to be able to go back and just see what's going on. Yeah, I I am very, and I think now that they're like, okay, alert the empire. I think for sure we're getting more crosshair Tarkin, uh, the other bad dude that again, we haven't, we saw him in one of these episodes given the whole like chain code speech, forget his name already, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) General, whatever. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure we'll learn more about him, but we've only, yeah, sure. we haven't seen him and it's been a month since we saw him. So yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely get more of them and yeah, I think we'll, we'll go back to Camino soon, hopefully. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens to the Kaminoans and the cloning factory and everything with Tarkin as well. Yeah. There's so many ways the rest of this season could go. And I feel like there's so many ways it could go and they have enough time left to do like maybe two of the different things. So yeah. 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 They got it. We, we, I hope, I think we'll resolve the crosshair thing this season. I think He'll, so too. I think they'll get either get the chip out. I think they'll get the chip out either way. And now I'm like at the end of the season, I was originally, I was just like, they'll get crosshair back. He'll be, he'll be, one of the bad batch again but now i don't know exactly which direction that is i do think they'll get him i think they'll get the chip out i don't know how that's gonna go yeah and then i think we do i think i think by the end of the season we resolve the whole like tarkin conflict over not wanting to use clones anymore and Mm -hmm. this whole like we want to use um brainwashed soldiers basically i think that will probably be there too and camino also where it's like we got to resolve that i don't know how much of omega's story we're gonna get this season that might be a running you know if we get two seasons or three seasons or whatever i think that that might be a series long thing yeah i don't know what to expect it could go so many ways but that's what has been so fun about it is like it could go a lot of ways but i don't feel like because i feel like when when mando is the same way it could go a lot of ways i'm like deeply stressed but with this show i'm just like it could go a lot of ways and i can't wait to see (laughs) which way it goes yeah no i'm i'm for sure excited and yeah it's crazy we have nine episodes to go nine episodes nine weeks oh yeah no nine you're right jeez nine more weeks of the bad batch so yeah there's a lot the bad batch has a lot going on as a group they have a lot of stuff to figure out and Mm -hmm. i think right now like joining a side is at the bottom of that list but the seeds are being planted for they're gonna join they're gonna start doing missions for the right people that kind of thing so yeah it's it's very very exciting to see this story come along and yeah yeah i'm just need a little bit of time i think hopefully next year we get kind of a a breather you know like we talked about with the mandalorian where it's like some of the episodes were super heavy and then the next one it was like the frog lady episode it's like we needed that frog lady episode at that time next week i think we need a a frog lady type episode i agree because i'm looking like one two three four five six seven eight nine so it should end in like mid-august and then when does boba fett start not till december right yeah. Yep. So maybe we'll get some time there, but then it's like, is Visions still coming out this year? I don't know. They haven't said anything about Visions lately. <laughs> I think they said it was 2021 at some point. But yeah, it was supposed to be fall 2021, I think. So maybe that bridges the gap between them because, yeah, I feel like we're just going to get like new stuff pretty much weekly from Star Wars for the next like forever, possibly on ah. Disney+. Plus. <laughs> All I know is, I mean, let's just enjoy this time when we're still pretty far out from Obi-Wan. Because as it gets closer, we're going (laughs) to 
we're going to be in a state. So let's just enjoy this time. Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree. I'm for sure, for sure enjoying it right now. So yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, Kara, thank you for joining me once again for a bad batch discussion. I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about it soon. Some more things are going to go down. Crosshairs out there. Wrecker's okay now. Fennec Shan's still going to come back. We we got a lot of a lot of ground to cover here in the next uh, until mid August, like you said, which is just crazy to say out loud. But thanks again for joining me. Can you tell the people what you got going on and where they can find you? I definitely can. So I am on Instagram. You can find me at Into a Larger World by Kara with a K. Into a Larger World by Kara. I'm pretty much only on Instagram. I'm uh, not on Twitter. As you know, if you've listened to me on Force Time, I'm not on Twitter. But I am on Instagram. You can find me there. Um, I am celebrating. We are celebrating two years of the zine and 25 issues this month, which is super, super exciting. And I have all of the back issues available in bundles or individually. So if you haven't checked out the zine, this is like the perfect time to check it out. I also have a bunch of prints and mini prints available as well. And there's a giveaway going on for a little bit longer um, that you can enter on my Instagram. And I'm also on YouTube. It's not really Star Wars-y, but it's arty and Marvel-y if you're into Marvel stuff. So my Instagram, my YouTube is Sacred Something by Kara, but you can find it through my Instagram. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Did you mention your Patreon? No, sorry. I'm also <laughs> I'm also on Patreon, Sacred Something by Kara. You can also find that through my Instagram. I post like a lot and I don't know if anybody reads it, but I like posting a lot. So yeah, more fun. For sure. And congrats on two years. I I still I wear my button daily that says Kara's number one subscriber, first subscriber. I wear it's that proudly. True. Yes. So so I'm gonna yes. have to make you a button. That's I will, happen. I will proudly wear that. <laughs> I'll be, I'm, I'm going to be looking for that now. No, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, my wheels are turning. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, congrats on two years and 25 issues. That is insane. That is so cool. And yes, definitely check out Kara on Instagram. Buy her prints. Sign up for the Zine. It's so fun to get every month. I say it all the time, but it's true. You can also follow the show on Instagram at Force Time Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Time Pod. If you like the show, you can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Somehow, I've heard it. Other people say it. It find, helps other people find the show. I don't know how the algorithm works, but I'm sure that all these other podcasts I listen to wouldn't lie to me. So leave us a five star review if you if you enjoy it. And yeah, look forward to talking more Bad Batch here in the next few weeks as well. And until next time, may the force be with you.